Good morning. Welcome to Grace Life Church. Glad that you're here with us this morning. Thrilled to have those of you who are joining us uh, on Facebook or by other means at other times, if you're listening at another time. Um, just just coming through praise and worship here, I just, just, just heard on the inside of me, maybe for someone here or someone watching, um, if, you, if you're here, you don't have to come forward, but if there's someone here or someone here, you're, you're having trouble sleeping or getting a good night's rest. Is that you? Amen. In the name of Jesus, praise the Lord. Trouble sleeping. That's, that's what it, well, here's, here's what the scripture said. He said, I will give my beloved sleep and rest. And sometimes, you know, it can be, you know, things change, you know, within the chemicals part of our body, but, uh, uh, but the Lord's over all that. And sometimes it's emotional things that we're dealing with and we're not getting to the place of good rest. But tonight, tonight will be your, your, your best night of rest that you've had since you, you, you don't remember when. I declare that over you right now. I break whatever is harassing you that's come against you, not to have the peace of rest that belongs to you. And tonight, in the name of Jesus, that is broken and it's severed. I cancel Satan's assignment against you. He will exact against you no further. And I speak great peace into your life and to your heart. And you shall know the love of God. And you shall just enjoy. You shall enjoy him. So tonight, tonight will be your night. And from every night forward, we declare beloved sleep upon you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And then there's someone else here you're having. I don't know if you're having sinus headaches or you have migraines. And maybe you have both of them. Maybe you woke up with that this morning. Does anyone here have a, like a sinus headache or, a, or you have migraine headaches? Or maybe someone watching. I, I don't ever know. So, I was, yeah, all that kind of stuff, whatever. So, I mean, I know it's the time of year where you got hot and cold and all kind of stuff and those kind of things can happen. But in the name of Jesus, we have authority over all that. We declare that, that, that sinus headache, that drainage, whatever it is, to dry up and be removed and be gone. In Jesus' name, you are you are healed and you are whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good report for those of you. Uh, I asked you to pray with a friend of mine that was uh, my best friend in school and uh, haven't saw him myself uh, personally in about 35 years and uh, lives in another uh, south part of Alabama, uh, about two and a half hours from here. So we, we asked you to agree. He, um, he had cancer of the liver. Not really much they could do. They uh, was going to take the, the tumor out of the liver, but it was going to take too much of the liver to do that, so he couldn't, he couldn't survive on it um, if they took that much. I mean, it was borderline. We could take the tumor out, but it's gonna, you gotta have, I think he said you've got to have 30% of the liver to, to live. And when they measured the tumor, they said, so I'm going to leave you 28%, so what do you want to do? Because that had done chemo, and it was growing. The tumor was growing during chemo. It didn't help at all. He says, well, I guess go ahead and take it out. It's my own choice. Well, when they went to go take it out, the tumor had grown some more than they, and now had become enlarged, taking more territory. And uh, the, the, blood in the, the, the blood in the body was really bad and began to, you know, the, the ch change of the skin with liver cancer begins to, you know, like turn yellow in the eyes and the skin. And um, so they're going to do an experimental thing. So we, uh, we, we talked uh, somewhat extensively. Um, and his own, his own testimony, he, he didn't really grow up in church, and, uh, but we were best friends. So I, I just sent him some, some um, simple tools, you might say, uh, that he could get hold of some truths that he could get hold of. 
But we, we, we just had it in our heart we were supposed to go there. So I, I just called, so it'd be okay if I just come uh, to your neck of the woods. So we got in our truck uh, this, this week, went Tuesday to Enterprise, Alabama, laid hands upon him, spent four hours with him. Well, you had not saw him, you know, for, for 35 years. So we talked about, quote, the good old days about an hour or something. And I, I knew, I remembered some things I used to do. I didn't know I did all that. But anyway, I, I was reminded of some things. And uh, so I think, I think he's more shocked that I'm in the ministry, <laughs> you know, having come from that place. And so I said, wow, I, you know, I forgot about all that until you, until you reminded me. But anyway, got a call back at the end of the week. He went to the doctor. Um, they checked his blood. And they said his blood looks good. Everything's turning around. And so they're going to be able to, to do some things that they couldn't do. So it didn't take long. Just ministering the word of God, ministering life. And the blood began to, to take, you know, effect to where they said we can do this treatment. We can do this treatment right now. But the thing is, <clears throat> nothing wrong with having treatment. But I, I wasn't going there to get him to a place to, so he could have treatment. I came down there to bring the treatment. Amen. I, I didn't come along, come along there to see if I could get cancer to cooperate with me. I came down there to kill it. How many of you know that Jesus cursed the fig tree? Amen. That means he killed it. We are bona fide certified cancer killers <laughs> or whatever the sickness and disease is. Don't coddle it, kill it right. in Jesus' name. Now, uh, you don't have to turn there, but this is not my text for today, but just uh, keeps, to, uh, keeps going in me. So I want to uh, give it to you. It's in, if you're making notes, you can look it up later. But Proverbs 20, verse 5, I'm just going to read it real quick, then we'll go on. It says, counsel in the heart of a man is like deep waters. But a man of understanding will draw it out. You have counsel on the inside of you already. Amen. Amplify says, but a man of understanding, he, he, he will draw out, out, out of his spirit what he needs. You know, that's, that's what people used to do when they, when they lived on a well. They, they sent the bucket down right with the rope and they got what they needed and they drew it up. Well, Isaiah said that your that, that that your spirit is like it is a well. It says, but you have to draw what you need out of it. Now, um, we we've been on an assignment, whether you realize it or not, I realize it. Um, these these messages that I'm ministering is not just kind of like you know what what, what am I going to do Sunday? I, I, I'm on a path, listening really closely to the Holy Spirit. Started last year when He talked about the next level. We're, we really, uh, I'm terrible with titles. Uh, so I, I could have one title and just go with, you know, it's like Easter. People say, well, we need to go hear the Easter message. I, I preach the Easter message 52, weeks a year, 52 Sundays a year. It, uh, he's alive. I mean, how, how can you mess that up? <laughs> most every denomination, most, uh, agrees with that, right? And so it wasn't a bunny rabbit. It was Jesus. He rose, he rose from the dead. Well, the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, same spirit, let me say it another way, the identical spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he said in Romans 8, 14, he said, is dwelling in you. Now, what did it take to raise Christ from the dead? Well, after he died and went to the cross, he had to pay the ultimate price for our sin, which means he went to hell or... And he was there for three days until God said, man's sins have been justified. 
and that he raised him up. We always sit this way. The greatest opposition to God would never have been creation. He did that in six days of rested. If he had opposition, the greatest opposition would be raising Jesus from the dead out of hell with every devil there. And I don't think he had a sweat over it. Do you? But the Bible says, how, how did he raise Jesus from the dead? He said, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit raised him, went to him, raised him from the dead. And then he said, that same spirit, that identical spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he said, is now living, is now living in you as a believer in your born again spirit. So Jesus had resurrection life. And if you have the same spirit, what do you have? You have resurrection life. You say, well, I know that. I know you do. But sometimes when we pray, we, we pray heavenly. We, we, we pray to God and ask God to do something. We, we believe God can do anything, but we don't believe he's done much of anything. We wouldn't want to say that, but that's the way we live. So Jesus never prayed to the Father concerning healing. Jesus never addressed his prayer to the Father concerning the will of God to heal anybody or when he prayed. Wouldn't be wrong to do that, but Jesus never prayed for the sick. He healed the sick. Remember when he sent them out by twos, they actually sent 12, they sent 70. And he said, go heal the sick, cast out the devils, preach the kingdom of God. That was Jesus' message was the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come near you. If the kingdom of God has come near you, sickness has to flee. If the kingdom of God has come, come near you, demons have to leave. Amen. He came to do what? destroy the works of the devil. Amen. So we, we, we need a church that's aggressive, not passive. Yes. Don't come to church to see what I got. I'm checking you out. <laughs> Y'all come check me. I'm checking you out. Huh? It's like school. <laughs> when you went to school, you came and listened to the teacher, but, but, but you, you listened to the teacher didn't make that teacher any smarter. Actually, they were grading you to see if you'd pass, right? Hebrews 5 said, Paul said, by this time, you ought to be teachers. But I'm having to go back and, and feed you, uh, Pastor Buzz, you say, I'm going to have to put you on Blue John again. In other words, I've I, I, I got to give you, i got to take you very back to the very foundation of things. But by this time, he said, you ought to be instructors of this. Instructors of the righteousness of God. So what he kept dealing with me about is, and he used the word summit. He said, a, a group of people, he said, that, that are going to rise up. I, I wish everybody would, but that's generally not how it works. It's possible that everybody can. It's probable that everybody won't. If your problem is bigger than the solution, you won't make the jump. If you, if you see your problem bigger than the solution, how many have ever tried to help someone, but everything that you give them, they got 10 reasons why what you just said won't work. I've done it in ministry. I've done it in counseling, counseling. Oh, we know that, Pastor. Okay. Well, this is what the Word says about so-and-so. Well, we, we, we know that. Well, what you want me to do? Go get the Reader's Digest or a dictionary or, or what, what you want me to do? Watch Reba? Huh? Are you telling me the Word of God doesn't work? Well, I prayed and it didn't work. Well, who's at fault? You or God? God can't be at fault. So we, we have, to believers, we, we have the wealth of his wisdom in you. He said he's made unto you what? Righteousness. He's given you a wisdom. 
sanctification and redemption. So it would help you, behoove you just to think about everything that I need as a believer is in me. Christ in me. It's not wrong to pray, but just come from a, uh, the, the higher place of understanding is going to is that I'm ministering from a place that what I need, what, I, what needs to happen, I need to recognize and acknowledge it and then right, let it rise up here. Then that way you, people say, well, my prayers didn't get past the ceiling. They don't need to get past your, you. you need, they, they need to be looking down still looking up. Where, where does God live? Inside of you. Is that true for every believer? Everyone learned that in, in Bible school, I, or, or not Bible school, but, but Sunday school. They, they sing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, where did they get the light? Huh? They got it from Jesus, right? Well, if Jesus has it in heaven, it ain't going to shine. So you, you have the light in you. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, didn't he? But, but, but now he said, now I'm going back toward, to heaven. I'll go be with the Father and the works that I do, you'll do in greater works. In other words, now, now you're the light. <laughs> no one wants to say anything about that. How many know you're the light? He said you're children of light. Well, if you're children of light, grow, grow up and be adult of light. Hmm? You, you are the light. He said, even in the old company, he said, arise and shine. It, 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 it's time to be brighter. It's time to blind some people with your brightness. Huh? Just, just knowing who you are. Philemon says, he says, your faith will become effectual. Anybody want effectual faith? How many like for your faith and your prayers and your, and your life to be effectual? Well, in Philemon, it says the way that your faith becomes effectual is, is by this. If you will acknowledge every good thing which he's already done in you, then he says that your faith becomes effectual. Not will do, not could do. You know, I, I grew up with all the hymns and the hers, and we sang, sang them all the time out, out of the choir book and all that. And, the, and then the song was, and nothing wrong with it, it's a good song, when we all get to heaven. What a day of what? Rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. Anybody ever sang that song growing up? All that's true. But I want to know what you're going to do right now here in the nasty here and now. What are you going to do here? People say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to beat the, de I'm going to beat the devil's daylights out. Well, Bubba, he ain't going to be there. There's not going to be the devils in heaven. So if, if you're going to overcome, this is where you got to overcome. Jesus already overcame, and now you have his name, you have his word, you have his authority. You, you, you are commissioned to go so. So Paul said, when I acknowledge that in me, whether I feel like it or not, see, that's where we are, feelings. I'll tell you what's driving the church most time. Whatever is the best-selling book on the Christian market. The top five books is what pastors are preaching on, 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 mostly on the, on the pulpits on Sunday. That's what's running the church. Might be, might be a great book, but that doesn't mean that's what the Holy Ghost is saying. So you need to know, what, you, you need to know what the what Holy Ghost is saying to you right now. Right now. It's like I told my friend there. I said, you know, you know about healing. I said, right now, all I want you to do is study this right here. I said, don't, don't, don't go back on the ark. You know, don't, don't try to figure out, you know, in Revelation, the, the seven beasts and the horn and how many eyes you had and the pale horse, the white horse, and the red horse. Right now we're killing cancer. We'll get to all that at another time. 
People lose most of the time because of broken focus. It's the parable of the soul. That's how he said, if you understand how this works, you'll understand how the kingdom works. Did you know that the seed and the sower were the same? It just had four different conditions of people. You know, we had the wayside, then we had the stony, then we had the you know, one that was covered with all the briars and the thistles. But every time, if you go back and read the parable of the sower, every time the seed, tried, it tried to grow. It tried to grow. Why? Because the seed, that's all it knows how to do, is multiply and harvest. But when the seed hit good ground, someone say good ground. Point at yourself, yourself say, I'm good ground. When the seed of the Word of God hit the good ground, seed and ground got together and said, we're about to do something. There's a coming together right here. And the Bible says when, when the seed came to the good, good ground, see, it, it took root. Before, you, you, you read about those who had a little bit of soil. You see, they, when they heard the Word, they got excited. They got excited. I mean, I can't help it. I've been pastoring 27 years. I've seen some excited people for a little while. I mean, when someone comes to tell me, oh, pastor, you, you my pastor, I've been looking for you. you you're the best thing since sliced bread. I said, oh, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. You got a two-week expiration date when you say that here. Don't, don't, don't tell me anything about me. I don't, when you tell me that, I know you're about to leave. It's usually the quiet ones. Amen. The quiet ones. We went to a Bible school when most of y'all wouldn't know him. He's in South Africa. His name's Ray McCauley. And... Uh, he, uh, he came from South Africa to Ramah, and they said, uh, way before we were there, and they said he, he came and was so quiet, he said never had any relationships that they know of anybody, never, never raised his voice, never got involved in anything. He just came from South Africa to learn everything he could about the Word of God for two years. And they said, well, that guy don't seem very sociable. I don't think he's going to make it. He, he doesn't seem like he's with it. He just sits all to himself like an introvert. He's probably not going to do anything. Well, he just took all of his notes in two years and went back to South Africa and built a church of 25,000 people. That's what that introvert did. <laughs> he decided if the seed is good ground, and, 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 or if the seed's good, and, and I can prepare my heart to be good soil, then when that seed hits this soil, I'm about to have me harvest. Woo, how many of y'all ready for harvest? People get excited about harvest. And then, and then you say, people say, well, don't preach that. I've heard that before. Good. That's what you need to hear. How many of you ever ate a steak? How many think you might have another? How many of you ever have, had any ribs? Pizza? How many think you might go there one more time, at least one more time? How about some good old catfish? Some of you are like, ooh. Like, oh, come on. You ain't lived yet. Come on. But whatever it is you like, you're going to go there again, right? Well, we know, we know we need seed. We need the ground. And we need watering. So if you heard the word again, if you heard the word, Paul said, he said, I planted a polis water and God gave the increase. He said, y'all are a bunch of carnal people. He says, well, Paul's our man. No, we like Apollos. Apollos is our man. No. So you had Paul on one side and Paulus on the other. And Paul got up and said, I have one of y'all's carnal, which means meat. Head. In other words, he said, you're a bunch of meatheads. He said, it's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos. It's about the Word of God. He said, I just planted. Apollos came right behind me, just watered it. And then we stood back up and God gave the increase. I was so happy as a pastor years ago. I don't know why I forgot this, but I did. I forgot that I wasn't supposed to be on both sides. I wasn't supposed to give it out and come back and receive it before you help it grow. I thought I'd die before I figured that out. I got to get it in them. 
Then I got to get the weeds out of them. I can't hold your garden. Amen. I don't want you following me home to, uh, when, when I leave church right now. My bed ain't made right now. Amen. It needs to be vacuumed. There's some dishes in the sink. There's some trash to be taken out. There's a dog in the house doing no, what, no telling what. It's a little rescue Dawson dog. She said about six months it'll get used to us and all this depression will be gone. Well, we in four years. We in four years. And that dog won't let me touch him unless I got a, some meat or some food. And now she'd be willing to die for the groceries. <laughs> but I don't know why, but I left this morning when I get ready to go. I have my blanket in my chair. She jumps in my chair and sits in my chair like, like she's going to sit there while I'm gone. I was like, you won't even let me touch you. you. Why don't you go get in your mama's chair or the couch or in your bed or get in there? No, she, she wants in my chair. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so I don't know why I said that, but it makes me feel better to get rid of that. I just, I, I've been carrying that a while. Get the, get the weeds out. Yeah, get the weeds out. So you, you're not called to get people's weeds out. You're called to deliver the seed. See, the heart is the production center. That's what produces. You say, well, I, I don't know how it's going to do. You don't, you don't have to know how it's going to work. You don't not have to know how this thing's going to work. That's good news. You know, I'm not the dumbest guy, but I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer either. If God will, will work it for me, that's good news for you, right? If God will do it for the likes of me, he'll do it for anybody. So the seed comes, the heart is the production center, and when the seed hits the heart, it says, well, now we know how to produce. Now we'll multiply. What do you want, 30-fold? You want more or you want 100? Well, it's time to go for the, th it's time to go for the, the good soil, the 30, the 60, the 100-fold. Everybody else got choked out. It said they initially, when you go back and read it, said some of them initially got excited. I've seen that through the years so many times. They said, man, that, this is awesome. I'm going to take this word. and I've learned these things, and I'm going to put them into practice. And then it wouldn't be about a week. Something big would happen in their life, and they'd just knock them out. They're like, oh, that didn't work. Well, Mark 4 said that's how it works. When you, when you get hold of the Word of God and seed, you're going to get tested on it. How many, how many know you get tested on it? How many, uh, you, you know, we know when, they, when they create a new automobile or whatever it is, it's tested. It's crash tested. It's, they put it through all kinds of tests before it gets to the market. That's good news for you. That what you're driving has already been tested. Well, when you get the Word of God and you hold on to it, Satan's come, he's going to come to your life with a test. Don't, don't be surprised that he comes with a test. He's coming with a test. The devil's here right now. The devil's come to church every week, which I don't care. I'm glad that they're here. That way I can deal with them all at one time. Amen. They know that I know that you and I have authority over every one of them. We know that we have authority over all devils. Jesus said you did. He said they're under your feet. He said you can trample upon them like a scorpion under your feet feet. Why? Because you're seated far above. Ephesians 2 said that's where you are. See, when, when, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he went to the, to the Father. He said he's seated. Why? Because he's finished. He said, but when he raised him up, he reached back and got you and me. And he raised us up together. And he says he has seated us. Now, if, if you're a, a, a student like I am, 
I do a little word study. That word seated means the word enthroned, accompanied with. So when Jesus sat down, you're not just around the throne room. You're in the throne room. You're sitting with him in the chair. What are we doing? Ruling and reigning with Christ. Ruling and reigning with Christ. So what I'm actually doing is I'm treating you like I believe who you are. So we talked about the summit. And uh, this was uh, something I told you that I, I was given for me. Maybe I thought it would help you. And I've mentioned it four or five times. Everything that you'll ever need or want in life. This is worth coming for right here. Everything that you'll ever need or want in life that you need or require to achieve the purpose for your life or your calling is already in your life. This is what the Lord said to me. Everything that I would ever want or need in life is already in you. It's merely waiting your recognition of it. That people never seize what they fail to see. If you can't see it, you won't seize it. And everything that you need to succeed in what you're called to do is already inside of you for your purpose. It merely requires saying yes to him. The greatest threat to being all that you could be is being satisfied with who you are right now. Or your station in life or your position in life. If you're satisfied with your health the way that you are, there's no need going further. If you're, if you're satisfied with, with, your, with your goals, your plans for life, then you're probably not listening right now. But if there's someone here who's a little bit hungry, or maybe I should say hungry. Yeah, anybody ever been hungry? But, but, but you know, there's, there's a place past hungry. It's just, man, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. It's just like Christy when she was growing, now her daughter do it. I, I, we, we put food on her plate and, and she said, she said, give me too much, daddy. Give me too much. Now her daughter does that. She wants too much. Amen. Anybody here want too much? <laughs> How many of you already got to the place where you know everything, can't no one ever teach you anything? You're, you're full, you don't need anything. Anybody here? Thank God we don't have to have a call for liars in the name of Jesus. See, the enemy of great is good. And the enemy of good is okay. And the enemy of okay is maybe, which is called double-minded. Decisions will determine your direction. Dreams will determine your destiny. Destiny will always declare God's goodness that his goodness is put on display. Life is a long list of choices. God has foreordained a plan for your life. Our daily choices and decisions move us closer to the will of God or decisions that move us further away from God. My decision will determine my future and great people are, are just usually ordinary people who make extraordinary decisions. You will never possess, you will never possess, you will never possess what you are unwilling to pursue. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, the B part of the verse, he said, I say unto you that everything is possible to you if you believe. That's all I ask you to do, just believe. There is no limit to our God-given potential except that which is self-imposed. 
In other words, if, if it has a governor on it, like a lot of times vehicles now, they have a governor that gets to like a 100 mile mark, motor shuts off. Not shuts off, but it won't let you go past 100. So if you have a limit on you, it's because we have self-imposed it. God didn't put it on you. He's given you the exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. How many of you believe that? How many believe it's available to you? The exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. I was sitting there looking at figures yesterday. And I was sitting there, and I'm waiting for my accountant to, you know, to get some things to us uh, concerning last year and things that we, that we were involved in. And last year, we, you know, we planted a church in Africa. I had no, we had no plans to church, plant a church in Africa, especially not when COVID started. People weren't even coming to church. All we were doing was just, you know, sending money, weren't we, for some rice, remember, just, just some supplies. Miss Michelle said, he, we've got this young guy, and he's over trying to help people, but, you know, they're, they're in Liberia, and they don't have any, any income. And now, during COVID, they went from not having much to having nothing. And I said, well, here, just take this and send it with what you're going to send. That was just the start. We had no idea within two years we would plant a church there with that young man. So Pastor Sunday Gar, we love you, appreciate you and all that you're doing in Liberia, and God is showing out. Amen. Well, how, how, how do you plant a church from here and build the pastor a home? Out of a church this size. <laughs> how do you do that? You, uh, well, uh, well I, I asked the Lord that. I said, well, uh, I know all things are possible. I said, this is something you really want me to do. He said, if, 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 you'll, if you'll send it, I'll, I'll get it to you. In other words, if I can get it through you, I'll get it to you. All I could do is tell the story. I said, this is what it's going to cost to build a church. This is what it's going to cost to build a home. Actually, we weren't going to build a home. We're just trying to get the church done. But without a vehicle, you know, the, which, you know, he, he's never had a vehicle to this point. Still doesn't. That'll be another good goal. You know, he'd have to get back and forth to the church, to the house. So the Lord said, he said, um, I'd like to, I, I'd like you to build a, a home there. And I thought, okay, okay, well, we, we're, 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 we're building a church, right? He said, now, now build a home. And I said, well, Lord, if that's what you're telling me is to build a home, if, if you want us to build a home, you can use anybody because I'm not looking to be the one because I'm not the one. I said, but if you want to use me, I will make sure the money gets to him to build the home. I said, get the estimates on building the home. Right there on the same property. It was actually his property. And so uh, we, we, we just started talking about it. it. It was just an idea. And for some of you know this, you know, please forgive me for telling the same story. But I, I wasn't on Facebook trying to raise money to send money. I wasn't sending pictures of uh, little swollen bellies with, with flies around people's head and the pictures of 30 years old. Now, I, I'm, I'm really concerned about needs like that, but that's not what we were doing. It, it was a project by faith. And so uh, when, when no one, when missionaries couldn't go anywhere, we were able to send finances over to Africa because I had someone on the ground who, could, who would be work every day and reach the people there. He was already there. So, so, so the church was raised up out of that. And then it said, build the home. And I said, well, he says, you, you, you make, the, make the need 
make the people aware of the need, but don't receive an offering for it. In other words, don't say we're going to receive an offering in three weeks for the home because we just asked for the church. You know, now we need several thousand more dollars for a home. Now, when I say a home there, it, it wouldn't cost as much as it does here by, by any stretch of imagination. Because you could build a church and a home there for around $35,000, $40,000. Well, that generally isn't what we receive out of a $40,000 special offering. I mean, that probably wouldn't be if I was received a special offer this morning by the present company. Not everybody's here, but probably wouldn't be 40000 in there. Just do the math, right? It could, especially if you're going to get 39000 of it. I'll throw in the one, <laughs> right? So I was just giving an illustration about faith one, one day. Just, just giving an illustration about faith one day. And, and, I, and um, Pastor Sundergaard, he went past in time. We were building the church. And uh, the guy who was building the church, he fell, off the, he fell off the roof. And then he can't finish the building. And so he's looking, you know, he's looking for someone to finish the project. Well, because he, he owned the property, he'd been buying blocks for years. And so one day he can you know, build a house there. And uh, he uh, had bought so many blocks. And so we're sending so much a month for him to live and to minister. And uh, not a whole lot, but we're, we're sending, you know, like $300 a month. And uh, where his income was 75 when I met him for a month. And his house rent was $5 a week. Of course, when it rained, the water would come up to right here. And you just had to put the kids above that. Would you want to live there? I didn't want him living there either. And so uh, we want to get him out of that house. Well, uh, when the guy couldn't work on the church, he sent me pictures one day. And I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm, I'm digging the footings. I said, for what? He says, for my home. So him and three or four guys out there, you know, pulling string and digging footings beside the church for where his home's going to go. And I said, well, did the Lord bless you somehow with money to build the home? He says, no. He said, but I've been, I've been saving money for years and buying a few block here and there. And I've been trying to take some of our food money from the 300 you sent and keep buying a few blocks. And I said, so you, so he said, I have about four or $500 that I can start with. I said, so no one's giving you money to build the home and you're starting to build it. He said, yeah. He said, well, he said, Pastor West, you, you, you told me faith makes plans. And I was like, it does. <laughs> I had to go back and hear myself, right? He says, so the guy's not working on the church. He says, so we're out here digging footings because faith makes plans. See, he got started somewhere. You just get, so one day you got to start where you are. Where you are is the starting point. I, so I was just telling that story. I wasn't trying to raise money. And that particular morning, we had a visitor that was here that morning and uh, never been here, was here that Sunday. And then uh, uh, when we did the, uh, the offering next week, there was a check in there that said, I want to send this $1,000 to that pastor to build that home in Africa. From a visitor. I, I, I didn't try to receive an offering. Well, that uh, Sunday afternoon, we, we received uh, on a message from Facebook uh, from a one from Canada who said, I've been watching you for two years. I said, you have? I mean, she never commented or said anything. She said, oh, yeah, watch every week, two years. She said, we well, can't hardly wait till, you know, the broadcast come on. I said, 
I'm a Jemison. My God, I mean, there's two traffic lights here. I'm a Jemison. You've been watching from, from, from Canada for two years? She said, I want to send $1,000. Will you get it to Africa? Well, now, if you'd ask me, how do you think that's going to happen? Oh, God probably sent some money from, I don't know, Canada or somewhere. Some, some vision just come in and I'll just talk about faith a little bit and that'll make the, I, I, I wasn't doing that. But see, but, but the just live by what? They live by faith. In this grace that we have. Because God's already graced you with everything. It's on the inside. Grace. has already supplied it. That's why you got, that's why you got to have both. You, you got to have the grace of God in you because the grace of God is, is the full supply of the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's already been made available what, in him. But you have to have faith to go with it. See, the Bible says, you, Ephesians says you were saved by grace through faith. It didn't say you were saved by grace. And it didn't say you were saved by faith. It said you were saved by grace through faith. You couldn't have been saved by grace without faith and you couldn't have, been saved, you couldn't have got saved by faith alone. Because grace had to supply what you need and faith had to be able to take it and receive it. You can't receive with faith. You can't receive by faith something that's never been given or supplied. Does that make sense? In other words, I'm sorry about using the same illustration all the time, but Jimison, put the, the water line comes from wherever the water supply is and it comes there where the driveway is. And there's the water meter right there. Jimison supplied it to the building. To, to the road. Well, the people who had this building years ago said, well, we'd like some of that water to go from the road to this building. You know what they did? They put in some water lines. They hooked into the supply. Right? Yes. I'm calling what's done. I'm calling the water meter at the road grace. It's supplied. By faith, I hooked into it and started receiving from it. Yes. What has God given you by grace that you haven't yet tapped into by faith? He said, well, I'm just going to believe this in. Well, if it ain't in, baby, you ain't going to believe it in. It's already in. It's already in. So grace by faith lives this way, walks this way, talks this way, acts this way, and, and, and receives just this way. Y'all doing all right? Y'all are easy to preach to this morning. Um, okay, here we go. 2022 should be a year of chosen focus. It will be the year potentially for anyone listening right now for you to begin a year to break any or any and all barriers in your life and boundaries. This will be your year to break them. This will be your year to, you'll break new ground. That's what I told you a few months ago. I hadn't thought about it. This was back in uh, September, October last year. And uh, church is already built in Africa, the house is already built. And I'm actually driving from my home to here to do something. I forgot what it is. I only got about a half mile from the house. And just out of nowhere, just, I'm, I'm just driving. Truck. I'm, I'm just here. It's a Monday or Tuesday. And he says, uh, this is still 2021. He said, well, this is the year of a first. I said, the year of a first? I said, okay. How's that? He said, have you ever planted a church? Anywhere? I mean, other than this one. I said, well, no. He said, we ever planted one in another country? I said, no. He said, that'd be the first, wouldn't it? He said, you ever built, you ever built anyone a debt-free home? I, I said, no. He said, in any country? I said, no, much less Africa. 
He said, have you ever had people just while you preaching decide to go to the website and give finances until this year? I said, never have. He said, that sounds like a lot of first to me. He said, that you, you, you broke through a barrier. There, were, there was a limit there that was keeping you bound and you broke it. Well, that was just the beginning. Amen. That's just the beginning. So I'm waiting to see where our accountant gave, but we probably gave around 25% of our income into those kind of projects, missions projects. I, I, out of a year of COVID. Uh, our, our greatest financial year was when COVID broke out. That was our best year with the least amount of attendance. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you have more when less is going on? Because Jesus plus everything you're doing equals nothing. But Jesus, and you believe what he did, without, without your works equals everything. Huh? Yeah, it, 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 so, so it works that way. Now, now here's good news. Time to let go and let God and let go of whatever's limiting you. People never achieve their true God-given potential because they're limiting Him. Some are trying to be like someone else or they, want, or they limit their potential because they are comparing themselves to others. People do that all the time. Compare themselves to someone else. It, it's good to admire someone or be motivated by someone else, but you're not called to be them. I, I, I watch, I, I watch like during Super Bowls or whatever, and they're going to sing the national anthem. And I watch all these people singing. And I'm not criticizing, but I'm saying, but the national anthem solo is hard to do. It, it has some highs on the front end. That don't, it, it don't give you time to, you know, race your motor before you have to be up there. And I watch a lot of people, you know, they fluctuate their voice. And I'm not a singer by any stretch of imagination, but, I, but you know, I, I watch the people thinking, wow, did y'all look around much before you picked them? You, in, in my opinion, I, uh, you, you know who nailed, you know who nailed the, uh, the national anthem? Whitney Houston. That girl could sing anywhere you put her. She was, I mean, you, you could look it on YouTube and the, and the jet's flying over. And she went to them higher places and higher, and she was just playing with them. She's like, I don't even need no help with this. It, it just went higher and higher and higher, and she wasn't even trying. It was just, she had to, it was too easy. It was too easy for her. I believe she's in the heavenly choir right now, don't you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all all right? So we don't want to compare ourselves to others. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, We dare not clash yourself or compare yourself with those who commend themselves and compare themselves among themselves are not wise. Now that sounds real wordy, so I'll say it a little bit slower. This is what he said about comparison or, or comparing yourself to others. Paul said, We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who are commending themselves. They are commending themselves. And they compare themselves among themselves. They're not wise. He said, that's not wise. He said, don't compare yourself to those who are comparing themselves to others. And they're, comp they're comparing themselves by themselves to themselves against someone else. 
I can admire someone. I can learn from them. If it's a person of faith, I can get that spirit of faith, you know, from them. But God didn't call you to be them. God, God wants you to be you. God doesn't need you to be Whitney Houston. You can't do that. I, years ago, you know, American Idol was in its first stages. People would come on, some of the singers, that, that they would want to sing. Well, what are you going to sing? Well, we're going to sing so-and-so song by Whitney. And they'd say, but, you know, they'd say, I, if I was you, I wouldn't go there. I remember we'll watch them and say, now, you, don't, you sing what you want to, but I don't know if I was you, I would sing a, the Whitney song on American Idol because uh, all they're going to remember is how she sang it. And it don't look like it's going to sound that way. There's one girl that came close to it years ago. She pretty much nailed it. But, it, but, but, but you couldn't do it. Well, but God doesn't want you to compare yourself to, to that person or any person. Any person. I have a lot of people that I admire. Do, uh, you know, who, uh, who've accomplished great things and maybe in, in your field or whatever that you're doing. And we can certainly learn from them, but God does not need you to be them. God made you to be an original, not a copy. I mean, you, you're, you're the original and God wants you to be the original. You being original, which brings God's glory. So to come to this place, we call what we call the summit. The high place. The summit is where leaders come together and they talk about great ideas. Little people talk about people. Small people talk about small ideas. Great people talk about great ideas. So I'm treating you because I believe that, that, that you were leaders here. I, I believe that there's a group of people here that wants to go to a place and achieve a place that they have not yet achieved. Am I wrong? I mean, if you're satisfied with the status quo, then there's nothing I can do to help you at this point. But if you're not through yet, if you're not ready yet, before you get into the pearly gates and you meet Jesus, before he says, will he say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or is he going to have to say, well, well, come on in. No, we want what? Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. I may not ever do as much as someone else. I may not ever have the influence of someone else, but all I got to do is be me and be the best me that I can be. If you don't like that, I, I can't help it. I used to work on that for, 20, for 15 years of my ministry. One, one of you liked me. I, 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 I mean, I like you too. I want you to. But believe me, I'm not losing any sleep over it. I used to care about all kind of stuff when I was 30 and 40 years old. But last week I hit 60. I don't care as much. It takes me a lot less words to say what I used to say. <laughs> it don't mean I'm, I got to be rough around the edges, but you know, you, you just realizing you've got so much time. If a person is going to live to be 80 years old, this is just an example, then two plus six is what? Eight. Or 20 years old plus 60 years is what? 80. Well, six, 60 plus two is 80, I thought. Well, when I was 20, I didn't think 60 looked like, you know, 14 lifetimes. But from here, it don't look that far away. So I'm not, I'm not crowding my life with a bunch of things and with people who's not interested in moving on with God. Amen. So I think there are some, some people in here that you, that you know that you have seeds of greatness on the inside of you. And just because it hasn't, it hasn't come out yet does not mean, does not mean it has not been planned. 
I'm, I may not have been there when you planted your garden. So I may not be able to tell you what you planted. But when I come by two or three months from now, I'm going to know what you planted because I'm going to see the fruit of your labor when I come by. So just because your fruit is not manifested today does not mean there's not a day coming in the very new future. Then that which you have been planted is going to be seen by someone else. But you're not doing it so they can see it. You're doing it as, as um, glory unto him. So when it comes around people, don't believe the, the, the bad things to say about you and don't even believe all the good things to say about you. If they say, man, you, you something, you say, well, thank God, give glory to God. Huh? Don't, don't listen to all the praises because you'll, you'll be lifted up in pride. Huh? C could you see, I use this all the time, could you see me trying to be T.D. Jakes? I think he's one of the I think he's one of the greatest preachers in our, in our generation. He has a whole different assignment to, hold, to a whole different people for a different purpose. But from where he's come from, what he's dealt with. People say, well, you, he never done nothing. Oh, really? Well, ask him about his daughter when she was pregnant at 13 years old. Well, how do you think that looked like when you got a national ministry? Well, Pastor, how could that happen to you? Well, it didn't. I, somebody else was with her. You didn't teach them? Yeah. So people, people walk through things. They deal with things. I, I don't have to sit down to interview you, I, but I do know a lot of you. And I'm telling you, it's amazing that, that you come to this place this far. Do you know how many people have already quit? And you're, and you're there. There are so many people who's quit who's by the wayside. Did you know there's just as many uh, uh, hurt and disgruntled Christians that are sitting at home that there are people that haven't heard the gospel? You, 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 got a whole, you got a whole market of people, I'm sorry to call them a market of people who's not even in church or walking with God. And I'm not saying they're not saved because of whatever happened to them, whatever they did or someone hurt them or whatever it is, or they got discouraged. Or Satan came and he, you know, still killed and destroyed and he blew them out. And why is it that you're still here? I'm telling you, you know, I mean, it, it's just like the tr true story. It's just like when, when, when a baby is conceived. I mean, it's, there's actually, there's actually millions of little sperm cells who's trying to get to that egg. And they're swimming upstream. For you to get to that egg, to be who you are, you had to beat down millions of sperm cells. And you're going to tell me you, it ain't nothing much to you? You've already killed millions of sperm cells to even be sitting in that chair. You swimming upstream. Get back! I got to get to earth. Get back! <laughs> she not your mama. Get back! 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 <laughs> you, you was already in a fight. Hallelujah. See, there was a winner already on the inside of you. What happened to the rest of them? They all died, but here, here you are. You got a fight in you. Hallelujah. You might have had some gut punches. But sorry, you're going to get your breath back today. You're getting a new wind today. You're getting the wind of the Holy Ghost today. You can put your sails up because the wind's going to blow, going to take you places that you've never been in the Spirit today. Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you will move to that new place, that new level. All you got to do is change your mind. It's just merely the recognition of what's already been done on the inside of you. Jesus told, he told the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said, you are searching the scriptures daily, talking about the one who's coming, and I'm standing right in front of you, and you, and you want to kill me. 
they did not recognize the greatness in front of them. They did not recognize their moment. When we begin to have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are ready to comprehend and understand, you will see your opportunity come before you. God has prepared you for such a time as this. Esther was prepared for such a time as this. She was one of the most unlikely people. She went to her people to save millions of Jewish people. It could have been her life when she approached the king, but the favor of God was upon her as she approached the, the king and she saved her whole generation. God is using you in that amazing ways. He uses the ordinary and he fits you out with extraordinary. It's not you, it's him. It's by the power of the Holy Ghost that you are what you are. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am. The Apostle Paul said, I am what the man who coined 50% of the New Testament. Once thought he was doing God a favor by killing Christians. He, he, he wrote half of this holy book. The man who was killing Christians and thought he was doing God a favor. Then, I, then one day uh, he met Jesus. I remember the day I met Jesus. Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He didn't forget that experience. So here, here he said, he said, I am the least of all the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. He said, I am the one who hurt and suffered and destroyed and actually killed and tortured his people. Now he knows, now he knows the true story. So he says, everything that I am, all that I am, everything I am, everything I ever hope to be, it is because by the grace of God. And that grace is on the inside of each one of us today. You have God's ability on the inside of you today. You have God's might and his strength and his wisdom and his favor. And it's working on the inside of you today. It's really just waiting for you to release it. This is the time to re release. Huh? It's, it's, it's time to be released. God is not, is not trying to make out of you another Billy Graham, a Joyce Myers, a T.D. Jakes. He's not trying to get you to be another Smith Wigglesworth or John G. Lake. We can learn from them and their successes. But make no mistake again, God wants an original, not a copy. Psalm 78 and close this morning said they turned back and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the Holy One of Israel. You're telling me that God can be limited? Yes, because he gave you a will. They turned back. You said, well, they just didn't, they didn't understand. Well, they had a few opportunities to understand. They saw a few miracles. Was there any, was there any a group of people on the earth that ever saw more miracles than the children of Israel? How many of you just feel like, you know, you, like I wasn't there, don't want to judge, but how many of you think if you walked through the Red Sea, that's kind of stick with you? It, 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 how, how many, when there's two and a half million Jews and water has to come out of a rock, not, not, not your faucet, a rock. That ought to convince you. When your breakfast and your lunch and your supper falls down from heaven, that ought to be a clue. <laughs> Somewhere in there, there's like, there, there might be a God. I know it ain't my brother-in-law did that. <laughs> right? When your shoes and your clothes don't wear out and you went from a size three to a size nine, and the shoes are in good shape and they, and they fit your body. That ought to be a clue. That ought to be a clue that God is doing something amazing. 
But they said they forgot all those things. All the marvelous things, Psalms 105 said, they forgot every one of them. And they turned back and limited the Holy One of Israel. And what God called that is they had an evil heart of unbelief. And I want you to know this morning that unbelief is not just like, well, we ought, to, we, we ought to do better. No, in God's eyes, unbelief is evil and satanic. He said they had in them an evil, evil heart of unbelief. But we're not turn backers, are we? Anybody here a turn backer? Anybody ready to go forward? How many of y'all come through some stuff? Just be honest, you, you, you've come through some stuff. How many of you didn't mind 2021 leaving you? It's back to you. You say, but you don't know what happened back to you. I look forward. Don't, don't be like Lot's wife, old salty. Don't, don't, don't look over your shoulder, you know, at Lot. See, that, that's where she stopped. And she had to go back and look back. Let's, don't, let's do like Paul. Let's, let's press forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. Let's obtain the prize. Let's attain the crown. Let's go to the summit, to the high place. Let's do something we've never done before. We're only just beginning. We're only just beginning. You hadn't, even, you, you hadn't even begun. God's been preparing you for such a time as this. You think, well, by now, you know, at this age, he wouldn't use me. He didn't use anybody hard until they were 75, 80 because they didn't have any sense. When did, how, how was Moses when he sent him back? 80. 80. How, how was, was Abraham when he left his father's house? 75. Because they didn't have much sense. <laughs> right? You're valuable. You, you become invaluable by the investment that God's put into you. And then there's a natural side of life that you walk through. There's things that a lot of you walk through in life that 10 years ago the devil tried to do you. It'd bother you. It'd worry you. You'd be afraid and you'd be terrified about it. But, you, but God showed you that he's faithful, Right? That you don't have a spirit of fear. But at that time, that situation really terrified you. But now it don't bother you at all. Right. devil comes back that way and says, oh, it's just you, stupid. They're like, but I ain't nothing. But 10 years before, it's like, ah! Well, that's, but, so that doesn't work on you no more. The first two years of my ministry, just me. The first two years of my ministry, and I, and I won't go into why, it don't really matter why. The first two years of my ministry, all I ever heard, all I ever heard on the inside of me was, you ain't called. You're, you're not called. You're not called to do this. Go back in business. You're not called to do this. Go back in business. Well, if you ain't called, don't do this business. It'll eat you alive. It'll eat you alive. Huh? It'll eat you alive. But one day, some things happen, and the Lord, not, uh, he, he showed me some things about that. And I didn't, really, uh, I didn't really entertain where the thoughts and the ideas was coming from. Well, it, it, it was just Satan. It was just like, there's a future over here, and I got to get him out of it. There's a place over here that I'm going to reach, the, the high place of summit, and I, I, I got to keep him in the lowland. But I believe in high stepping. I, I believe in running for the prize. Are y'all hearing it out? Huh? So catch your breath. Get a wind of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If you don't know, if you don't know what else to do, just start praising the Lord. Huh? There's sometimes you've read enough scripture. That's enough. Put the Bible down. Just put the Bible down. I've had the Lord tell me, he said, quit reading. You, he said, you've studied and overstudied. He said, you've overstudied. Now, 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 now just believe and begin to thank God. Some of y'all can get a breakthrough right now. Right now is your moment of breakthrough. 
Paul and Silas was in the prison at midnight, remember? They'd been beaten and whipped with chains, and they're in a dungeon. There's rats all around. They got chains on their feet and on their hands. It's at midnight. Some of y'all have lived in that midnight hour. Well, it's the darkest place that you've ever been. You felt lonely. You felt, you, you felt like, you know, where, where, where's God? You won't probably say this, but I'll be honest. There's times I feel like, God, where are you? If you're here, where are you? Have you ever hated me, had that feeling? Yeah. That's what causes people to do. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. Is that what, most, what, most, what stops most people from doing what they need to do, and this is even in ministry. This is what happens in ministry. That we only step out when we feel we have the emotions of feeling like we're called or anointed to do something. And when I don't have those feelings, I have to draw back. No, you're called every day. You're anointed all the time. Huh? Did he not say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? People say, well, the anointing is not here right now. He's lifted. Well, where, where, where did he go? If the anointing leaves you, it, which, which is the Holy Ghost, where does he go? Is he going down to Florida? San Francisco? Where is he going? No, the, the anointing is there with you. So if, if, if I'm moving out in these things, and, and, and I know I'm not based on how I feel or my emotions, I, I, I just know. I just know. It's like, it's like I tell her, let, let, let's go see Jeff. And she said, well, didn't you send stuff to him? I said, yeah, but uh, we, we need to go. So I called him. He said, sure, come. We just drove down there. I mean, it's 200, 140, 50 miles. They got there in two hours and two and a half hours or so. It was a 10-hour day. The reason, why, the reason why I went is because I think he needed some one-on-one. If you never was raised in the scripture and I've seen your books, you, you, you don't even know what to pay attention to. Right? Unless someone instructed you, you don't even know what I've sent you. It, it wasn't good enough that you have a problem and I send you a book. I went down there to be the book. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I, I, I just believe because I, I, I know what to do and I know what's in me and I know I can release this into him and I know this cancer will die. But, but, but the same way if you've been in Mississippi or whatever, right? Mr. Scott, do you know how to build a porch? Could you build one here in Alabama if you needed to? Could you build it in Virginia? You can? What if it took you to Washington, D.C., you can still build it? Okay, let's go far away. Y'all pick a continent. Africa. Could you build a porch in Africa? Now, why can you do that anywhere? Because he, he knows how to build a porch. So it wouldn't matter where they set him, if he gave him the tools and materials, he can do it. So I, if I knew I could get him healed of cancer, why wouldn't I go? See, I knew when I laid hands on him that I'm a son of God. So I, I, we laid hands, I said, in Jeff, in Jesus' name, and I put my hand on him. I said, in, in my mind, I, I wasn't praying to the Lord at all. Why would I pray to the Lord? Hmm? He's already instructed me, told me to go, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Anyone here ever been pulled off, pulled over, bounced, you know, by got a warning ticket or a ticket for speeding? Mm -hmm. Did did you see that? Did you see that guy go back and ask the whoever it is, the sergeant, 
Sergeant, I caught, I caught her speeding uh, 20 miles over. Uh, can I write a ticket? Can I give a warning? Do they call back and ask those questions? Why? They have authority. They already, they already know what they're going to do. They already know what they're supposed to do. So why, why would I ask God to do what he already told me to do? Jesus never asked the Father. So I, 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 I just went in that living room thinking, all, all, all of God's inside my spirit right here, and I'm just going to release this, and it's going to strangle that cancer. And he, and he gave me this illustration years ago. He, he did this because you can believe God in one area and master it, but you forget to carry that same faith over somewhere else. And so, and I was giving this to Jeff. I said, I was, I was on my golf cart, and I, had a, I got a 25-gallon uh, tank that I spray weeds with. And I sprayed all the weeds, uh, took three tanks doing what I was doing that day, and I was pulling it in the garage, and I was coming to the garage just by myself. I heard, he said, well, that, did that work? And I said, did what work? He said, did you spray in the weed killer? Did it work? I said, sure it did. Well, why would you ask that? He says, back the golf cart up. He said, ride around everywhere you sprayed. Look at it. I looked at it. I said, what is it? He says, don't look to me like you did anything. I said, Lord, you know, I mean, I've learned to quit asking questions. I said, Lord, just talk. <laughs> he said, uh, you believe when you sprayed that chemical that these weeds are going to turn brown and die? I said, yeah. I said, but they're green. Dead. I said, yeah, but in five or seven days, they'll all be brown and dead. He said, you don't even question that. I said, no, sir. He said, I wish you believed me in this situation, my word, much as you believe Roundup. Huh? We laid hands on someone who had cancer before. Another, another friend of mine, a pastor, and, and, and we're not judging the person, but this, this, this person had cancer, had breast cancer. And the doctor says, we need to, you know, do something here. And uh, if you don't, this could spread and throughout the whole body. And it wasn't my choice, it was their choice. And this other pastor said, well, the same thing, my, not my choice, their choice. And, the, and they just used their faith in that place, would just agree with me. You know, I'm going to have the breast removed and that, that'll get it and the cancer will be stopped. In both cases, we had the same situation. Both pastors, if I told you his name, you'd know who he is, the other pastor. They went to remove the breast, and when they did, you know what they found out? The roots below the breast were completely dead. It was feeding no, the cancer was feeding no life into it. But the reason they did that is fear. Now, people are where they are, where, you know, where they are. So I, I don't, people say, well, should I do that? Well, if you're asking me, should I or should I not? I'm thinking you should because you're asking me. The point that is, when I spoke to it, it had to obey. So it, the roots started dying. How many of y'all ever did ever spray weeds around up or some kind of chemical? Did you sit in the house and just like, I don't know if that's going to work. See, we, we, we never think about that, do we? Like, you know, when you're actually spraying the liquid on it, the grass looks greener, right, because it's wet. It's like, I'm killing you, but you, you, you're brighter green than you've ever been while I'm spraying you. <laughs> and, and all the time, you know, the, you never think about it. You ought to get to the place that you never think about what's on the inside of you. When I, when I release this, it's not going to change the situation. Tell you what's easy about ministering to someone like him. 
Because you've never been to church? Not one time? You never even, you never even heard of Billy Graham? I was like, wow. That's good. I have nothing to undo. Sometimes you try to help someone like, well, they, they take what you're trying to help with and they put it on top of what they already believe. But for me, it was just simple. There's just nothing to do there. It's like you plowed the ground and, and you could plant anything you wanted to. And so the results begin to change and the blood began to change immediately. That's what Pastor C said when he was here, what, two or three years ago when, when y'all were going to Peru and he got that bad report. And he says, and, uh, and I met him. I wasn't, I wasn't here that Sunday. I was helping another pastor and he came and we were helping him to go to Peru that Sunday. And uh, he had told you, right? And he told his pastor. And he told no one else. This is his testimony he gave here. He got feeling really, really bad. He went to the doctor, got his blood work done. They called him in. And they said, your kidneys are shutting down. Well, that's how his mom died. That's how other people in his family passed away. I, and uh, I, I didn't know it yet. I said, well, I won't be there Sunday, but you'll be here Sunday. Then I'll, I'll meet you with your check in Hoover about halfway Monday. When I met him, he was in the car. He was asleep. I was like, that's strange. And I knocked on the door and woke him up. And I, I said, what's the, you okay? He says, we need to talk. I said, okay. So he told me, he said, this is what happened. And I said, you need to see a kidney specialist yesterday because your kidneys are shutting down. You can't go out of town. You, you don't even need to drive home from this visit. That's how serious this is. Your, your kidneys are shutting down and they're, it's, you're, you're at the end, you're dying. We, we, we sat in the car for two hours and I said, you, you just let me minister to you. And I just sat there in the car and I just laid hands on him and I just ministered life to him. Well, the next morning I woke up, ending right here, the next morning I woke up uh, and, and I heard these words. As soon as I woke up, I was laying in bed and I heard, he said, he said, my son, he said, my son, your friend is not dying. He says, when you ministered to him yesterday, he said, my, my life went into his body and he's healed. He said, call and tell him right now. Well, I believe he was healed when I did it in the car yesterday. But you know, he, he's, got a, he's got a trip. He's got a whole team he's got to take. It's thousands of dollars. He's got to go do something. He's, he's sick. He can't, he can't eat. He can't eat. He's like, Jeff told me this week, he said, he said, my blood's better. He said, I started eating. He said, I've lost 20. He went and said, I went from 177 pounds down to 126. 126 on, on a man ain't that much, you know, right? He said, I've gained three pounds since we talked. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> well, so, so Pastor C, we, we ministered to him. Now, I didn't tell him to go do this. So I said, the Lord said, my, he said that he's my son. He's your friend. He's not dying. When you laid hands on him yesterday, he was, he was healed. And that's all, he, that's all he told me to tell him. He said, I, I, I went back to the clinic and said, I wanted to draw blood. Well, if you have insurance, uh, insurance ain't going to pay for you to go back the next day. And, and so they told me, so, well, well you, you know, you do blood work maybe once, twice a year. We did it, we did it Friday. There's no need doing it on Monday. He says, I want it done. Today, I'll pay whatever it costs. He had the blood work done, and what they found out, his kidneys was fully functioning. They, they were alive and they were well. Now, I'm in Jemison. I, went to, I graduated from Clanton, Jim County High School. They'd never taught me that there. 
It wasn't education. I just believed inside these hands and in the spirit, something flows that, that you're a carrier. Why are we so afraid of what someone has, a disease that's going to get to us? Whether it's COVID or whatever it is. We believe more in the disease than what we have to kill it. Hmm? It's a co you're, you're a COVID killer. It's called COVID-19. Why, why is it called COVID-19? What's 19 about? 2019. What year is this? It's already expired. What you worry about? It's three years out of date. Pulled off the shelf. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not making little of it because I know people's been sick and lost their lives. So I'm not making little of that. I'm not, not saying that. No. I'm not saying you shouldn't take precautions. But I'm saying this. What's in you is greater. But the reason I believe that more than you is I think about it all the time. She asked me the other day, because I was studying, and she says, well, are you through for the week? I said, no, that was for me. That, that, that wasn't for Sunday. I said, I, I have to keep me at a place all the time. I, I have to eat stuff like this all the time so, so, so that my mind don't get over here and don't get over there. Huh? So that, that, I'm, that I stay strong in the spirit. So what I'm giving you is not just some kind of little warm-up meal. I, I hope you are glad about that. I hope you appreciate that. I'm not saying you just need to do this. I'm not looking for an accolade, but I'm just saying then, then, then when I get here, then I can go from the overflow. Huh? See, we're, we're not here trying to win. This is the summit. I'm with winners. I, I, we, we, we gather together in the summit because we're leaders. We didn't come here to see if we could be one. Now, can we go to a higher place? Absolutely. But the Lord, if you're here this morning, and I'm, and I'm told to tell you that, or you're listening this morning, you're, you're called to the summit. You, you, you have a seat there. When you elect someone to the, to the state or senate, they call it the, uh, the state of representative seat so-and-so, right? If you're elected to, the, represent, uh, to represent this state, whether it's uh, in the senate or, or in congress, then that's called the seat of representatives. Well, that's what you have, is you have a seat. And we have representatives for Alabama. What, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to, they're supposed to look out for our welfare. If you elected them by a democratic process, they're supposed to represent you, right? And how, how do they do that? They do it from their seat that they was appointed from. What are you doing? You are ruling from where you've been appointed to. You've been given a seat. You are seated with him to do what? To rule and reign. Now, I, I can't represent the one who seated me there if I start saying things he never said. If I say, be healed, Lord, if it's your will, I'm not representing Jesus because he never said that. Did Jesus say, Lord, heal them if it be your will? No, he never said it one time. You can't find it in the Bible. So you can't, you can't represent the one who seated you there saying things he didn't say. But if I say, canter, go, be removed, cast and see, I'm now representing the one who put me in that seat. Right? And he says, I will confirm you and I'll back you up. See, we get it twisted in our minds sometimes. Whether you realize this morning, I, I, I did it on purpose. I had a word of knowledge and I gave it on the front end of the service. Remember that? About can't sleep well and then some headaches and migraines. I did it on the front end on purpose. 
because sometimes we get this order to where we have to get to church and, and we have to build things up and you know through praise and worship and get stirred up and then then when we get ourselves to a higher place then we can function to the higher place and that's and that's not so what's in you is always in you whether your feelings or emotions are feeling it so what I did is I, on purpose I ministered before we got started. In other words, we thought we need to have the greatest praise and worship that we can have to, to get God interested and get God moving and get God stirred up and maybe he'll release something. So I told the Lord said to me this morning, he said, whatever you do, I'll back you up. I said, what? He said, whatever you do, I'll back you up. I said, well, <clears throat> I sense on the inside of me, I have a word of knowledge about these two things. I said, so if you're going to back me up, I said, I'm not going to do any preaching. I'm going to go ahead and get them healed on the front end. Before we do anything, before we try to stir anybody up, I'm going to get them healed on the front end when there's no mm in the room. Hmm? Jesus ministered that way. He didn't have a band and a worship band to walk see Galilee follow him. Majesty, worship the majesty. And Jesus said, I feel it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Bring, bring. I, I feel the anointing. Come on, come on. Let's go to the, let's go to the high places. Let's go to the high places. Let's go to the high places. We've done things because, and, and, and they're wrong, they're ignorant. We said tonight we're going to be a du it's double portion tonight. Come get a double portion. How, how did you get a double portion when he gave you all? How, how do you double everything? Do you have Jesus? How much of you, him do you have? How are you going to double that? This sounds good right tonight. It's double portion tonight. God's going to be really showing that. He, he's going to turn up the power. Well, that means he's got to turn down now. Right? The reason we, we're begging for revival is because he ain't giving it, right? So it's really God's fault that we don't have revival. Hmm? But when we begin to acknowledge who we are in Christ Jesus and stir this up, right? Again, how do you make Kool-Aid? What's the ingredients? Sugar, water, and what? A Kool-Aid. Put all that in there and put a gallon of water in there and you try it, it's bitter. Why is it bitter? Because well, if you got the sugar and you got the Kool-Aid in the water and you pour it in there, you, you got a gallon of Kool-Aid, but it's still bitter. What do you got to do to make it sweet? Stir it up. So <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, you got everything that you need <laughs> to win. It, you, it's just merely your recognition. No, I'm asking you, would you stir it up? Y'all do better if I go this way. <laughs> I don't know. I'm left-handed, so I always think I got to start on my left for some reason. But I, but I, I can do the other way. Feels kind of weird. I don't know. I'm left-handed, but I, they tell me I'm in my right brain. <laughs> Just come on, y'all stir it up a little bit. Y'all stir it up. I'll let y'all out of here if y'all stir it up. You say, oh, God, let us, he, he let us out of here. Glory to God. Sometimes you got to preach 40 minutes just to get the hell off of people. <laughs> they smell like the world. That's why Pastor Matt, he, he, he couldn't find a way to cut off because there's so much world trying to break off of us because we're in it. And we're, we're wading through it. You know, you, you're going through devils like that. Oh, my God. And he's trying to get church on Sunday. Woo, glory to God. Would y'all pray for my depression this week? Did the Lord break that off of me? No, I'm, that's a bad joke. Say, I'm free. Say, I'm completely free. I'm completely free. In the name of Jesus. I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm healthy, 
I'm strong. I'm prosperous. I'm full of the love of God. I forgive everyone and anyone who's ever done anything, said anything to hurt me. I'll even forgive you before you do it to me. But don't do it that much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. I'll hurry. Wednesday night, 630.